Calm down, Nelly. Calm yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then you have, you know, the dad who's just trying to make everyone happy and, you know, almost throwing money out like a stripper pole kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening here? You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nacho Kids Podcast, episode 145. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all remember back in the day I used to say, hey, David. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember that. You'd say, hey, darling. (laughs) You miss those days, huh? I do. Hey, darling. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. Before I forget, the winner of this week's Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship, courtesy of Linda Dunham, is Farina B. Woo! (laughs) Farina B. Congratulations, Farina. We look forward to helping you in the Nacho Kids Academy. That's right. All right. Also, before I forget, we have a little bit over a month before we will be in Fort Worth, Texas with Laura Petherbridge. Mm-hmm. So excited. <laughs> For more information, go to nachokids.com slash Fort Worth 2022. That's right. <laughs> and it's Fort Worth spelled out F-O-R-T-W-O-R-T-H. I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. All right, David. So we've had these puppies and I thought I was busy before. What was I thinking? I have no idea what you were thinking. It was... And then the crazy thing is, I see these other puppies on Facebook today, and I'm like, oh, I want one of them. And I'm like, Lori. Yeah, you need help. I need to go to see somebody. Do y'all know anybody that can help me with, apparently, my poor (laughs) (laughs) decision-making? Because, apparently, the COVID brain got rid of the part that helps me think logically. Yeah. Well, you just see these cute little puppies, and you're like, oh. But they don't stay puppies very long. Or... Their puppies like mine. <laughs> cray, cray. Actually, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. At the time of this recording, we've only had them two weeks. Less than two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow will be two weeks. And they already know how to sit and down and how to bark like crazy and wake me up. <laughs> yep. And it's like uh, when they come in from the outside, it's been raining lately. So we try to wipe their feet off and. It's it's like trying to clean off an alligator. <laughs> all, yeah. you, all you hear is two little mouths chomping at you. Like you hear their their jaws like slamming together. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're a mess. And another little surprise, David. When this is released, sweet baby G, grandbaby Gideon will be four months old. Oh my goodness. Going by quickly. Yes. No, granted, we are recording a little ahead, mm-hmm. but still. I know. Lots of changes in the Sims family. <laughs> yes, lots of changes. I'm just ready for those other hoodlums, Ethan and Branson, to get out of the Air Force and come on home. Mm-hmm. Well, that won't be long either. I know. Pretty soon, Ethan will be back. It does make me wonder if maybe the fact that we don't have so much commotion and chaos happening now with... All my kids moved out. Maybe you missed that, and that's why you wanted more puppies. Who in their right mind would miss that? 
You know, it's kind of like saying who in their right mind would miss being in an abusive relationship, but they still go back to it. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here looking at my granny ceramics that are unpainted, thinking one day I'll come back to you. No. One day. No, that life that lifestyle's over. You're done. That's not true. Yep. Stop. Yeah, you just Stop. made a 15-year commitment. Stop being negative. <laughs> I'll give them that puppy CBD. They'll be sleeping. Oh, gosh. And I'll be painting. Drugging my puppies. Oh, they're your puppies now, I see. Only when they're good. Uh-huh. All right. Let's get off the puppies, because some people are probably like, oh, my God, I am not listening to this podcast to hear about puppies. Yeah. Well, it is. there are some parallels to that and step parenting. There's a lot of parallels. We'll talk about that later, though. Yeah. We don't want to inundate you with puppy information. <laughs> But the parallels are really astonishing. <laughs> yeah, they are. Saying that, please pray for our older child, Ziva. <laughs> yeah, she's the, I guess she is now a step dog. <laughs> we, we don't know what she is. Anyway. <laughs> she's not happy. <laughs> yeah, she's not happy. We know that. All right. Our guest today is Lauren. She's been blending for two years, two stepkids, one nineteen, one fourteen. No bio kids. Hmm. Stepson and her, which is the 14-year-old, blended quickly. Hmm. Pretty awesome, huh? Yeah. And I asked about bio mom, and she said bio mom is an elusive, a magical creature <laughs> who visits occasionally. It's like Santa Claus. Like a unicorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what Santa Claus really is, right? I always tell people this when I don't see them for long periods of time, but yet, you know, They've told me they're going to do something. Um, I tell them, you're just like Santa Claus. It's somebody that you're asked to believe in, but you never see. <laughs> That's what your daddy kept saying about Gideon. <laughs> yeah. There there are some parents, unfortunately, that are like that. You know, the kids believe in them, but they never see them. Mm-hmm. Lauren is a stepkid herself. Her dad had primary custody. And when stepdaughter moved out of their home, their home began to feel more like a home. Hmm. This is according to stepmom, though, right? Yeah. Well, her and stepson get along great. So, mm-hmm. well, I wonder how. Now, did, she, did the kid move out? Like, she just hit the age where she moved out, or was it like, I don't want to be around stepmom anymore? And I'm moving out. Well, she's 19, and she moved in with bio mom. Okay. I just wonder how how dad feels about that. Like, I know stepmom says if you know finally feels like a home, but I I wonder what dad thinks. It may be more calm, but I wonder if he's like, yeah, doesn't feels like a home, but my daughter's not here. Yeah. Honestly, I can't remember if we talk about that yeah. in this interview or not. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the the bittersweet things of kids moving out is you don't, I mean, especially if it happens to be in any way related to the, the step-parent because it's going to create strain, sometimes resentment toward that step-parent if there's any re- relationship there at all mm-hmm. and they're moving out. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I think my parents celebrated when I moved out though, which I don't know why, because it's not like they, you know, were taking care of me then. And it, the thing that shocked me, and maybe this should have been a warning sign. Please don't go this. But it wasn't that they were the only ones that celebrated. It's like I had people I don't even know I ever met before walking up and celebrating that. You and I were getting married, but in they were saying you were so lucky to have me, and that I was so picky, you know, and I, that I finally found somebody I didn't pick apart. But I, 
I did think that in the beginning, that's what it is. But now that I look back, I think it was more of a thank God. She David, was really? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do this today? <laughs> we can. <laughs> We can say my poor decision making didn't start with the puppies. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I'm talking about you. No, this ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to go to the chiropractor the other day, and I said I wake up sometimes, and there's this pain in my butt, and he's like, "Is it David?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your chiropractor. See, the chiropractor even knows. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> he is entertaining. <laughs> All right, that's enough of us. Let's get into listening to Lauren. All right, but before we do, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Lauren. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hi, how are you, Lori? Doing well. So how long have you been blending? So we've been blending for about two years, I want to say. Okay. It's middle of the, or beginning of the pandemic. So it feels like it's been 10. Well, you do realize (laughs) that blending years are like dog years. One year equals seven. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely uh, have my wrinkles to prove (laughs) the years. And I feel like I've still got a long ways to go. But yes, so about two years. Okay. And how many stepkids, bio kids, all that stuff? No bio kids. I am never married, never no kids. So he's got two. Uh, she's now 19 and boy is now 14 going on 15. Okay. Do they both still live at home? Boy lives at home. Girl does not. She's moved out about a year ago, I want to say. So it's, <laughs> it's made it easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how often do y'all have stepson? Does he stay with you full time? Oh, stepson is with us 110% of the time. Where's bio mom? Bio mom is an elusive magical creature that comes around once a month to play mom of the year for about 40 minutes and then disappears into the mist. So she's a unicorn. She's a very big elusive unicorn. Oh, I love it. Yes. She's uh, she's wonderful. <laughs> Has it always been that way? Yes. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to my now fiance is I was raised by my dad. My mom had weekend custody of me. So my version of a male is like, you can do everything and anything and wear a billion hats. So when I met my fiance, He's like, yeah, I'm a single dad. I raise my kids. They're 100% with me. I was like, that's amazing. So you get the struggle and like, I love it. But theirs obviously came with a lot more layers than mine of just like, you know, at least my dad got a 48 hour break. Mm-hmm. We have no, we have zero breaks, zero, zero. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. Oh, I feel like hard's not even the correct word. (laughs) I keep laughing. It's like, because it's just, when I started listening to your show a year ago, I was just a hundred percent. Like, I don't understand what the heck is going on here. Like, I'm so 
this is just not normal. Like none of this, the behaviors, everything. So I dove into podcasts, books, like whatever I could to like regroup in some way mentally. And you've helped me tremendously, but this, this hard is not even the word. Like no one can prepare you for what you go to through and to and from and back and hell and up and down. (laughs) Yeah. And around and about. (laughs) Exactly. Left, right, sideways. I don't even know what's going on half the time. And you just, I, I, I feel blessed because the sun's blend in me. I try not to say anything negative about daughter, but like when her presence left the house, the house became a different place and it became a home and it became a place where stepson and I have now developed this like amazing relationship. And, you know, the statistics statistics are like, what is it? You know, it takes three years for a blend to actually kind of get in there. Oh, honey, seven. That's right. Seven. I think they say five years for you to even feel like your own home. Right. Seven years. Yeah. So for us to kind of be doing our thing within two, I I couldn't be happier about it. Yes. You need to have a party. (laughs) (laughs) We do. I I think we try to, we, I think fiance too definitely senses the, the home vibe that we now have with just the three of us. And it's been a blessing. When stepdaughter was there. Was she just like, I don't know, a normal teenager or was she rude, crude to you? Was she just so stepdaughter? Yeah, it's hard to. Okay, so like (laughs) (laughs) she was never out and out like rude and crude or mean and like you're not my mom kind of vibe. I definitely tried to tread lightly. Again, I come from a broken home with dad. So I was like, I'm not trying to come in here and be even, cause I don't know how many people dad has dated before me. Like, I don't know. I'm so new. Like I'm, I just liked a guy Yeah, <laughs> and we just became in lockdown. Like I, I, two weeks ago I was out enjoying life, eating sushi with people. And now I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, I have to cook dinner again. I, who, what? So she is a very sweet girl. She learned a lot of bad habits from mom. One of which is kind of the mask that she likes to wear, which is she's so sweet. She's so nice, but everything she's doing in the background is very manipulative, very conniving. And she needed to be center of attention. And I, I understood that as like, he's my dad. He's protected me from my mom since I was a baby. And now all of a sudden this girl's like taking his attention away from me, Mm -hmm. but she was never out and out rude. There were moments where I was like, whoa like she's had them but they were never those stereotypical like screaming cussing that you like hear teenage girls do because she was 17 at the time when I met her right and how long had the parents been split up when you met her uh I believe they were six years when they split up but if the stories are correct they've been long since done I think about two years into their marriage oh yeah mom is an addict on all levels. And dad is just probably one of the most amazing men I've ever met. So I think his want and need to have that family and to make it work and to fix her, it it made the marriage last, I would say probably 12 years too long. Yeah. 
And it's unfortunate because now they have two kids together and they can't even co-parent. Honey, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. And it, and it left, I think, the kids believing that that was a normal house, obviously, because it's the only one they knew. Mm-hmm. So when I come in like a tornado, you know, Italian Catholic girl with Mexican and Italian, you know, Mexican Filipino background, and I'm just loud screaming rules, this, that, da, 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 they're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, Nelly. Calm yeah, down. Exactly. Exactly. And then you have, you know, the dad who's just trying to make everyone happy and, you know, almost throwing money out like a stripper pole kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening here? So it's definitely been an adjustment for everybody, but I want to say stepdaughter now is happier. She moved in with mom. We're all on pins and needles with that, but I think it's one of those moves that she has to see for herself what was and is going on with her mother. Right. And how long ago did she move out? About a year. Okay. Yeah. So one day we went to my cousin's wedding for the weekend up in like Washington area. Mm-hmm. And the next day we come home and she's gone. <laughs> wow. Yep. Left at the time, 12, you know, 13 year old stepson by himself to just sit in his room and play video games. And we're like, what's happening here? Oh, stepson so. was in heaven. Oh yeah. Uh, You know, I'm not a big fan of leaving kids alone, just especially this day and age. Like it's just not a, they have too much access to stuff. Yes. (laughs) It scares me. So yeah, there's, uh, I can go deep, Lori. I can go so deep. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it podcast friendly right now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, girl. I can edit it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, dad, I think, you know, you got to give credit to dad. Not very many dads take on that role, right? Like it's it's a big role to be mom, dad, aunt, uncle, all of the above. And I think he just left a lot on weekend trips thinking, okay, well, daughter 13 or 14 or 15, whatever age it was, she'd be like, she's old enough to watch him. Mm -hmm. So he and her were left home quite a bit on his like weekend trips And then when I came into the picture, I was putting a huge kibosh to that one. She's 17. She shouldn't have the responsibility of a 12 year old. Right. And two, he still needs structure of some sort. Even if it's like, you need to eat now, you need to go to bed now, like to just kind of give kids free will, just allowed too much. And Mm -hmm. they don't know how to control themselves in general. So they're like, I don't know. I guess I'll eat a bag of popcorn for dinner. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's it's healthy. It's nutritious. It's feeding me. So we put a gabosh to it. But yeah, she disappeared one day and <laughs> never to return. Wow. So have y'all seen her at all? No. So we have. I think the beginning, it was definitely like an anger thing for her, right? Angsty teenager. She mm-hmm. wasn't graduated from high school yet. So that was the like big kicker for my fiance. My fiance graduated from USC, his brother from UCLA. So they're big you know, everyone's got some really good hefty degrees under them. And like his fear was her not finishing high school and for her to leave and go to mom's in the middle of senior year, when she was like failing classes and like struggling so much, it was like a big kick in his like throat of like, what the heck? I am like so close to getting you out of here. Like meaning releasing you at 18. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the world's crazy now, but it wasn't even safe to leave me at home <laughs> at that age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I 
I was an angsty teen like her. She genuinely reminds me of me coming from a broken home. And I was like, you need to grab her now. Like, I was like, get her. I said, I'm 30 at the time, 37 years old, going through my bouts with my mother and father issues. And like, you need to take control because my parents are in the mindset of like, pray, go to church. It'll fix things. They don't believe in mental health issues. They don't believe in, you know, being open about anything. My mom lives in a glass house, but she loves to throw those stones. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything about her life is a white picket fence yet, you know, she lives in her own thing. So for me, I was like, I lived in this pretend world and now in mid thirties, I'm finally starting to deal with things and it's made it difficult for relationships and having the quote unquote dream where you get married at 25 and like you have the life, like, yeah, I'm fast forward. I'm 39. I'm going to be married for the first time. Right. So I was, I was like, you need to grab her. And he's just like, I can't. I, and I saw it in his face. He was just like, I I don't have the energy anymore for her. She's caused so much hurt and disruption to his life, his home, his reality. It's heartbreaking. Fast forward, she seems happier. Her hair is one color now. Like her clothes are a little more on the normal side. You know, you could tell like her mental health is showing where she's not striving for attention. Mm -hmm. She's like, becoming secure. She's got a great boyfriend. We absolutely adore him. They've been together for a good year plus, and she seems to be stable there. Uh, she graduated high school, grad, and it's now going to JC. So things look like they're on the up and up, but the, you know, the scary part is she still is with mom. Right. Which mom is not a good influence. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So how often does your husband have contact with her since she's left? I think their contact is now more frequent, meaning it's more texting of like, you know, how does she do finances? So it's funny, even though she wanted nothing to do with him, she still relies on him fairly heavily for like, even a simple thing is like filling her tire with air. So I think again, I know, sorry, I digress. So the beginning of it, she disappeared for a couple months. He actually had to go look for her at her job. And now here we are a year later. And I think they, they conversate quite frequently uh, via text or phones. I have to be honest. We don't talk about her. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like me and him. So I, I don't know the full, cause she just, it, she's hurt so many people in this family. <laughs> yeah. I'm like nervous laughing. Cause I'm like, oh gosh, her name. It's almost like Voldemort, like the name you don't say. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause it's just such a hard pill to swallow when dealing with her. For me, right. personally. But yeah. you know, she's had a rough life. She has, yes. Not saying that gives you permission to be crazy or whatever, but she's only 19. Mm-hmm. And I used to hate it when people would say that. Oh, well, they're only 19. But it's true. That child is going to change tremendously in the next year, next two years, next three years. Mm-hmm. And hopefully she will stay grounded and be in a better place. That's the hope. I mean, I have to be honest. I was really hoping she used mom as like a landing pad for a quick second till she made it to the next venture. Mm-hmm. I think she just needed someone to buy into her teenage BS. Right. And mom did it. Mom does it. 
the stories of mom are just insane. If you can, oh gosh. So it's just, she, I think she needed that. And I think she's finding some, her, her little six-year-old inner child is like, yay, I'm living with mommy. Yeah. And so I think that's, what's fueling her comfort right now, but I'm really hoping something and nothing to hurt her, but I hope something traumatic she sees to kind of be like, this is why dad had to do what he had to do. Right. Because I think if she remembers the actual memories, I think that's too traumatic for her to remember. Yeah. We shut a lot of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just easier not to deal with it. And then sometimes we question our own memories, which we mm-hmm. should, because we talk about this a lot. Your memories are not necessarily accurate. Correct. Which is crazy because you're thinking, how can that memory be wrong? Right. You're like, this is vivid for me. How is it not vivid for everybody else? But, you know, it's also coming from a skewed eight-year-old, six-year-old, you know, whatever version it happened for her. I don't know. I just, I wish her the best. I just haven't seen the best of her, I guess is the best way. And everyone actually, and I do see this, everyone loved her growing up. She was, you know, a very soft-spoken girl, very kind, gentle with her brother, but I think that also comes to being the older sister, right? The older mm-hmm. sister in a traumatic family. Cause I myself was the protector of the little brother. I packed his bags when we had to go to mom. So I think she has that in her and everyone saw that like, okay, keep brother quiet. So things like that. So people grew up knowing her like that. And so when I t- kind of tell my story to people, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this is happening. And so I, I don't see that girl. I haven't seen that girl. Yeah. Well, you know, you had a good point. She basically had to play mom to him. Mm-hmm. Not that your husband lacked anything. It's just the role that she was kind of presented with. Mm-hmm. And now she's got these grandioso dreams of what it's going to be like to live with mom. And like you said, she's got to see that stuff on her own. Yeah. And I just hope she doesn't get hurt in the process. Same. I mean, the statistics of it are very sad. And I'm hoping she prevails and doesn't fall into Mm -hmm. what could happen if she stays with mom. Right. But, you know, I do know that role. And I I played that role. My parents were divorced since I was two. Like I said, my dad won custody. And so my dad's like, winning phrase to us was it's just the three of us, Lauren, you have to watch your brother. So at a very young age, I was also mom. Mm -hmm. I I also remember my mom always telling me like, you're not your brother's mom. And in my head, I'm like, you're not like, where the heck are you? Like (laughs) 90% of the time. So I, I know stepdaughter's role. I couldn't imagine the role that she played with a dysfunctional family in the house. Like mine at least was like, dad was here, mom was there. And I just kind of played buffer while we were at each house. Like I couldn't imagine having mom locked behind a closed door while she occupies brother. You know what I mean? To keep quiet while mommy's doing her thing. Right. Like I couldn't imagine that kind of pressure on a five-year-old. Like I did, I couldn't. Yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. So I really hope she's finding the peace that she's looking for and she's getting what she needs from mom. And 
you know, she comes out the end a better woman for it. And Mm -hmm. I think she has the potential. I just don't see it happening if she keeps letting mom sit on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the relationship like between her and her brother now? When she was here, it was hard to read because I was new. And so brothers went in his room, I think a lot to like, play video games and shut everyone out. She demanded a lot from what I saw, right? She demanded a lot of attention from dad. I saw brother being very like kind of pushed to the side mm-hmm. a little bit so that she could get the attention. Their relationship was loving. They do say, I love you every night. It's actually quite sweet. That's probably one of the most endearing things I know about them. But I think her teenage years were just like really trying to come through. So that kind of like disconnect, like he was 12, she was 17. So there was like a five year and she's just trying to do her thing. So I didn't, I know they love each other. They don't talk that much now. Mm -hmm. They might throw a text or two out to each other, but nothing major. I know brother misses her because that's all he knew, right? Like she was always his constant. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she just left. And then he, there are moments I do see him kind of like wishing she'd come by, wishing she'd at least take him to ice cream, wishing like just small things, but yeah. she's, you know, she's kind of doing her thing, kind of almost like regrouping. Yeah. I, I get it. Like who wants to keep taking care of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was a teenager taking care of a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let her regroup. She'll, like you said, she'll come around. So it, it's sad. I know he misses her. I think she's just being 19 and enjoying her first year of college. Yeah. And it's great that she's in college. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And she's working. So, I mean, we're on the upside with her. (laughs) So I I can't complain. But yeah, he misses her desperately, I think. I think. But he's also like thriving being the only child. (laughs) Thriving. Yeah. Who couldn't? Right? (laughs) I want to be the only child. I know. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) No, he's, and he's got, oh gosh, he has the biggest heart. There's not enough positive and loving stuff I could say about stepson. He's such a good, good, good kid. When sister left and the chirping between sister and mom finally went away, Mm -hmm. he was able to like do what he wanted, which was embrace the household. Right. And the relationship literally just keeps building and building and building and building almost to a point where I'm like, Whoa, this is too much pressure for me to -hmm. perform because I'm not your mom. Yeah. When you came in, were you barking orders and then you stopped or do you still continue to do that? Do you still tell him you need to brush your teeth? You need to come eat dinner. You need to do homework. So I think the orders were more when I did, Bark, right? Like, I think I've heard in a few episodes of you've like been like, hey, clean your room or like do these things, but you would go to dad to tell them to do it, right? Because you're like, I can't really tell you to do it, but I'm going to have dad do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it through dad. Right. And you do your best. I try to nacho, un, like, do, I don't care about what your rooms look like. I'm not going to care about your hygiene. I just care about like eating food and eating proper food that was not going off very well, especially with sister. Right. Oh, sister, I think had told a friend, my fiance's 
she scolds stepson. And it's, I don't scold stepson. I don't think a 12 year old should be cussing. That's not that's disciplining, not scolding. Like there's a lot of lax things. We, we live in Orange County, Huntington Beach, California. Like it's a very small community, but like there's a lot of money involved in this community. And there's also like a lot of non-money. So when you collide the two, there's a lot of havoc. Mm-hmm. And so you have parents generationally, and I grew up in Orange County in general, but like in a different city. Huntington Beach has always been this like kind of a crazy city where like kids do whatever they want. Parents don't really have, I wouldn't say control because parents didn't want control or don't want control. They just want their kids to survive, get out of the house. Mm -hmm. So the parental, like, I guess makeup is just to kind of like let kids do what they want. So there in this house, there was a lot of cussing at young ages. There's a lot of like, I mean, he was staying out, I think till like three in the morning one time and like walking home. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. He's 12. Like, what are we doing here? So when those kinds of rules started coming into play, a daughter didn't like it. And B she would tell people I was scolding, but it's like, no, I'm trying to set up boundaries and rules to protect everyone. There was a point I luckily knock on wood did not leave my apartment. Like I would stay here a lot, but I still had my apartment. And there was a point in time where I was like, I'm done. And I grabbed everything and just went to my apartment and I nachoed the whole house. Like, I was like, I can't, this is insanity. You people are crazy. And then now that I came back and I think once sister left the orders, I'm now allowed to quote unquote bark these orders, but son likes boundaries and rules because it makes him feel protected. Right. So he doesn't really book back up to you when you tell him to do stuff. Mm -mm. I'm his mom. I'm a hundred percent his mom. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I'm his mom. He has a biological mom that he loves, but I'm his mom. Does he call you mom? No, he calls, he calls me Lohan because he, I don't know where he got this, but he made up his own nickname for me. So it's his, I, that's, I think that's his version of mom. I like that. It's funny. Yeah. Cause he's like, well, you're Mexican. And he said, it's something like, like Juan. So Lohan. And I was like, what? You're like, okay, whatever. Well, sure. That makes no sense, but let's go with it. So yeah, that's his version. It's actually funny that you bring that up. This bio mom came to pick him up, did her her monthly appearance and he meant to call her, but he called me first. So I called him back and I said, oh, I called you back. And he's like, oh, I didn't call you. I meant to call my mom, but you were kind of like, you know, like, I don't think he had the right words, but he was trying to say like, instinctually, I call you first. Mm -hmm. So and uh, my fiance, I had him on speaker. So my fiance heard it and he was like, I think it's just so funny how you're his first instinct when it comes to like mother kind of dial mom, it's dial Lauren. And then he realizes, no, I met my real mom. Yeah. <laughs> like he has to go dial her. So like I said, our relationship is just, it's just been skyrocketing. That is awesome. Oh uh, yeah, it is. It is. But like, how do you, I I have all the emotions too, like the guilt and like the sadness and like when you do the incorrect things, you say the wrong things. You can see when you hurt their feelings, you can see that they just are asking for your like praise. I I get it all. Yeah. It's like, I'm failing. I feel like I'm failing all the time. Welcome to being a parent. (laughs) So I've heard. So I'm like, so did you ever want kids of your own? No. I didn't. I did not. No, I didn't. I'll just leave it at that. No, I didn't see it. If it was going to happen, it was God's will. It was my thought process. Right. 
were you reluctant to get into a relationship with someone that had kids? My dating motto for a really long time was no kids, none. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't want, I don't need anyone's responsibility. As I got older and the dating pool started shrinking, <laughs> you start opening up a little bit more. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> you go, okay, that's fine. I guess, I guess. But I think your thought process is they're 50 50 or they have an active mom, you know, mm-hmm. somebody to kind of like, where you do get some space. I I never envisioned this. Right. And a lot of people, they'll go in and it's 50-50 and then things change. At least when you went in, it was already full-time. Correct. Correct. Yes. I didn't have the illusion of like, well, at least they leave. I've always just known this is it. Mm -hmm. And it can't get any worse, right? Like it can only get better. Girl, don't ever say something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying like, they could, he goes off to college and then now he's gone or like, like yeah. stepdaughter, she moved out. Like it could only, the time can free up. Whereas right now it can't get any, like where they're here anymore <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Well, you know, stepdaughter could move back. <sighs> I remade her room into an office to be like, nope, can't come back. Sorry. <laughs> How long did you wait to do that? You know, I did give some I gave about six months because I didn't, I had a feeling because I knew I moved out and I think I was back home within six months. Mm-hmm. So I, I gave it some breathing space. And then when I kind of was like, you know what, it's time, especially, and I, I know I've heard you say like you're redecorating the house, right? Because I moved into their home. Right. And I had no space, like none. I shared a room with my boyfriend slash fiance slash soon to be husband and each kid had their own room. I have to share a kitchen, share a living room, share a dining room. Mm-hmm. And my space was literally running into my car and crying. Right. It's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I still cry to this day. I think I cried yesterday. Oh, <laughs> yes. I know. It was just one of those overwhelming days of like, I'm not built to take on this amount of load. And Lo and behold, the Lord puts people, his strongest soldiers in where they need to be. So I'm, I keep prevailing. So let's keep moving. Yeah. And you're going to be fine. You're doing great. (laughs) I want to cry right now because I just, you know how you think about all the things you've been through with the family and the blend. And you're just like, how did I navigate that? And I honestly attribute to most of my navigation to you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) You and Step Monster, the book, like I listened to that thing. Like I was the Bible. Like, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing to remember is you've come a long way. And honestly, you're in year two. You're in one of the hardest years right now. Mm-hmm. And we tell people this every day. Every day you survive the blend is a day to celebrate. And we're not kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Because, yeah, it's, um, sorry, I'm trying to hold back tears. You're fine. It's been a, it's, stepson loves having a mom, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's moments of anger. I think he's confused with his anger right now in some moments. Because it's like, how come it's almost like, how come you can't be my mom? Like, 
-hmm. or how come? So I don't think he consciously knows what's happening inside of him, Mm -hmm. but you can tell there's anger. So who gets the anger, right? The most stable person, me. Yeah. And you represent what his mom can't be to him. Correct. And you can take him on a trip around the world. And in his heart, he's thinking, why can't this be my mom? Exactly. And you it, know, she, yeah, and it's yeah. not dismissing you in any way. It's just, you know, children long for their parents to be who they need them to be. Correct. And thank yes. God he's got you. And I'm sure he's thankful for you. But like you said, you take the brunt of the crap because you are the safe person. Correct. I'm the safe one. Mm-hmm. Mom, when she picked him up from school, bought him a $3 hat from Savers. And it was like gold. Uh-huh. Gold. You yeah. would have thought he struck gold. Yeah. Never mind. After actually, after this, our interview phone call, I'm headed off to Costco to go get all of his snacks for his lacrosse tournament that I had to volunteer time for while we just spent like, you know, X, Y, and Z dollars on equipment and that type of stuff he does appreciate. But when mom comes in with a 50 cent shirt, Mm-hmm. because she only buys clothes from the Goodwill and Savers. Like all of a sudden it's like my mom, my mom. Yeah. It, so it hurts me, but you can't tell him that it hurts. No, no. You have to just smile and grin and go, cool. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> a nice yeah. hat. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a great hat. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just went to the Rams game and spent $150 on a hat and a jersey that we'd pay for. Okay. But that one's the one that, okay. Okay. Cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you're learning and I, I have to be really proud of myself too. I mean, I went 37 years by myself, living by myself, doing everything by myself, making my own money, living my best life. Like, mm-hmm. Anything I wanted, I did for me. I was probably obviously before the pandemic in the best shape. I was like all these things. Oh, yeah. I love like, how you threw that like, in there. <laughs> like, but I have to feel like I knew me so well then. And I would have never in a million years, two years later, be here. Right. Like you couldn't even, if someone was like, um, you're going to look like this, gain this much weight, be here, but be insanely happy because you have an amazing stepson and a future husband who just worships the ground you walk on and you're going to have a healthy life and a healthy relationship and healthy boundaries and a home with, with security. I would be like, yeah, I'm probably just going to date another jerk and I'll be forever living in an apartment. Like, uh huh. Yeah. That was what I thought. So he's been a blessing stepson. And I, I, I'm very proud of myself to be able to see like how much strength I've had. And I'm really glad I became the step parent that will not talk negatively about mom, even though she is nothing but horrible. negative <laughs> and horrible and toxic and mean and like all these absolutely insane things. So, well, I am very proud of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Because I know it's hard. It's hard not to say, oh, okay, well, we've taken care of you the last three months. Where's your mom been then? Exactly. It did slip there once. (laughs) (laughs) I have had it slip. And that's okay. That's okay. And I know you feel guilty about that. Oh, gosh. He, I think his soul broke, but we've had to have some car conversations, you know, 
mom made it sound that dad took them and like dad has control over the world and like is making mom not be able to do certain things. Right. And of course she's a full victim. And so I finally had to, we fight because I kind of try to tell him about my childhood. You know, my dad raised me and it'd be the best thing I've ever had. Like I wouldn't want to be in any way, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, I've had to have the conversation of, you know, if she wanted to, she would. Right. And he's like, well, why doesn't she want to? I said, I don't know. That's a conversation you got to have with her. Yeah. I said, uh, you're, he's like, well, dad is the one that won't let her go to court. I said, mm, that's not how it works. <laughs> Anybody can go to court. Anybody can go to court. Yeah. I said, your mom is more than welcome to regain 50-50 custody of you or try to get 50-50 custody of you. He's like, she is? I was like, yeah. Well, why doesn't she? Conversation you got to have with her. Right. I think that was a hard pill he just got about six months ago. And I felt really bad when I had to, I had to be the one to break it. I think my anxiety went through the roof. I was freaking out. I was crying. I was like, after I dropped him off, obviously I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this conversation just happened. My mind is blown. Yeah. But But you can't sugarcoat life for them. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying you need to say, well, your mom's an addict and she's a piece of crap. But you handle that very well to you address that this isn't true without saying your mom's a liar. Mm -hmm. And you told him that she has options, Mm -hmm. which she does. And he will eventually figure out that mom may have chose not to try to get more custody because she can't afford it. Or... She just doesn't want the responsibility. And I think the hard part for him is to realize it's because she doesn't want the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't, I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if she didn't say, you know, the cost of going to court. Cause we all know that that's not cheap. Correct. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she'll say it. She drives an Audi and her now <laughs> person, you know, like it is what it is, but you know, she, is the queen of manipulation and she found her new person to leech and suck off of because she's a narcissist, but okay. I did go into stories, (laughs) but yeah. So I think the fear is if he had to actually say to her, why she'll give the lie, she'll give the excuse. Right. But I think he knows deep down in his heart. It's the, the reasoning of like, I don't want the responsibility. And he'll probably never ask her because he knows. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just breaks my heart to no end because like I said, he's such a good kid. Like you would think at 14, I would be like ripping my hair out. Like, oh my gosh, he's so disrespectful or da, 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 da. Like, no, he still like cuddles with his dad, which drives me nuts. But like, he still cuddles with his dad. Like he just wants to be in a family and loved. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen it in the Facebook groups. If your stepson was a girl Mm-hmm. And she's 14 and still cuddling with dad. That's inappropriate. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I I would cuddle with my mom or my daddy right now if I could. Right. And I ain't telling you how old I am. Right. There is nothing wrong with that bond that a parent has with their child. And your stepson's not going to always want to do that. Correct. But when my little boy, he'll be 17 next month. When he comes to sit on the couch beside me and puts his head on my shoulder 
it's like winning the lottery. Aww. Because they don't do that as much as they used to. And I don't think it's inappropriate. Now, granted, there are some things that I've read that I'm like, mm, something shady going on there. But Right, right. Your stepson cuddling with his dad or snuggling up to his dad, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. That's his safe zone. Yes. And, you know, they say, like, if you just give them that 10 minutes, it's usually that's all they need, right? It's just right. like that moment. But if you gabosh it so quickly, like, no, that's gross. Get away after like 30 seconds, you know, you almost like make it a bigger issue than it really is. Right. And, and usually like my fiance is like, get off of me. So I'd rather him (laughs) say, get off of me versus me say, get off of him. Right. Like, yes. So it, it just comes off better. I, you know, there are times where I do think stepson is a little bit needier than normal. I think he does digress a little bit sometimes. I I know he slept with dad even in tw- at 12. Mm-hmm. But I, again, now having a fuller picture and having maybe fuller knowledge of psychology of what's happening. Right. It's inappropriate in the sense of dad needed to be maybe a little bit sterner and saying things like, hey, bud, it's okay. You can go sleep in your room. You're safe. Mm-hmm. But I also understand why dad might not have said it just out of, I'm not going to fight this situation. And then why son needed it. Right. Right. And and that's like the cuddling now. Right. Yeah. And so I, I noticed when I started giving, when I heard, give them the 10 minutes, like give them that moment. Mm-hmm. It literally was like seven to 10 minutes. Like even with daughter, like I would be like, Oh my God, here she comes again. And then mm-hmm. she would do it. And then I was like, I'm just going to be quiet for 10 minutes. And within seven to 10 minutes, she was like, hey, peace out. Bye. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. This is a thing. You mean I don't. Okay. This isn't going to be like an hour long situation. It was 10 minutes and she was happy. She got her undivided attention and she left and same with son. Right. So yeah, honestly, so any step, any new step, give them the 10 minutes. Usually they're, they'll go away after a while. Right. Exactly. And we have to remember that these kids are adjusting. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I get it. When Before Nacho, I would have never listened to somebody say these kids are adjusting. I'd be like, oh, poor kids, they're adjusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about me? What about me? Exactly. What, me? I'm adjusting. Yeah. I'm freaking out. Yeah. I've got three new gray hairs. Give me a book. Yeah. I moved into your house. I moved out of my town. I sold my house. Y'all yes. are being to, mean to me. Your parents yes. are. I mean, you could just go on and on. Mm-hmm. And we get so wrapped up in what is happening to us and how we're feeling and how we're stressed and dislike certain things that we forget that our husbands, our fiancés, our stepkids, our bio kids, everybody's trying to adjust. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy for anybody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. It's not. And and to that point, like I've seen just the adjustment, like you even said with fiance, when we were, he's hard headed and he's in his path. Right. And he does his thing in the beginning of it. We collided. I think we might've been broken up more than we were to actually together, mm-hmm. but now you have us and we are just like, so fluid the way we do things. He knows when I'm in like my mood of like, yep, whatever it is, I know when he's in his mood you know, stepson even knows when the moods are, the fluidness of this house is just 
so much different than the crazy tornado that was happening when it first happened. So yes, everyone is adjusting. Everybody. And every time you feel like you have failed, remind yourself of those positive things. Write them down. Because you will forget. Oh, yeah. You won't forget the negative, but you'll forget the positive. (laughs) Why is that? I can tell you negatives like nobody's business. (laughs) It's actually our brain's way of trying to protect us. We have to remember the negative so we don't let it happen again. Right. That makes sense. The positive, it's okay if it happens again, so we don't have to throw that wall up and we don't have to protect ourselves from it. Yeah. And when you're the new person coming in, there is a lot of negative. And I think that's what I read in those, in the, on the blogs and things like, I remember reading them in the beginning and having all the animosity and anger and stress and just being like, yeah, girl, tell that kid, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. kind of egging <laughs> on some of these. Uh-huh. And now I read them with such a different mindset of, you know, maybe don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have compassion and grace. Yes. And, and I started noticing even my post started saying like, you need to have a little more grace for yourself. Like don't beat yourself up or, you know, and I wanted my versions of responding to some of these women are more like, have some grace with yourself and have some grace with the situation. Right. Whereas before I was get them. Tell your men no. Yeah. (laughs) But it does change. Yes. And that's why people have to be careful in Facebook groups and things because you can let other people fuel your fire Mm -hmm. to be better or to fuel your fire to be worse. But I think one of the things I've noticed too is step parent moms are so under, I can't remember the word is slipping my brain, represented in Mm -hmm. society, on TV shows. So having these outlets of sometimes I just want someone to be like, girl, I feel you. I know what it's like. Yes. I think I wrote a letter. There was when I left the house, like I said earlier, to just go back to my place and I notched everything. I wrote a letter on your post to the family and it wasn't hateful in the sense of like, I hate everybody. It was just like to the dad, to the daughter, to the son. Mm -hmm. And it was the only way that I could say it out loud without hurting the family. Right. And the amount of love and compassion, and I want to cry because the amount of love and compassion that I got from that group was so overwhelming. Like I had women reaching out to me in my DM saying, if you just need to talk, you can reach me here. Like if you need to call. And it was just so wonderful because We don't, and I think this podcast for you is therapeutic because you, when you're in this, you're just like, I just want to talk about it because I don't know what's happening. I'm losing my mind 90% of the time. So I know when I get on the train of talking about the negative and maybe not like saying like, oh, I hate this or hate that, but just like, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. That train might last for two hours for me sometimes. And some of my friends are like, bro, I don't know what you're talking. Like, I don't have that. So When I had those moments with those women, I think it just helps because we don't have that in normal society. Like I can't go watch a TV show and go like, oh gosh, that stepmom is exactly in my shoes. And like, she gets it. No, we're represented as evil. We're represented as like dingbats. We're represented as nothing positive. Yeah. When I found on your, on, you know, the Facebook, there are so many other moms that are a hundred percent moms like me. Yes. Yes. There are. And you know, 
I've had people message me, why do you allow some of the posts that you do? For instance, I hate my stepkids. Because I was there. I know how that is. And I also know that that person needs to vent and they can overcome that feeling, but it's not going to be people attacking them and saying, oh, how dare you hate your stepkids? Why are you with somebody if you hate their kids and all that crap? And I'm so glad that you got support in that group. I see a lot of support and it touches my heart when I see step parents, especially step moms, which are mainly in the group, reach out to each other mm-hmm. and be there for each other because we're not alone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yep. Like I go to therapy and I'll be fully honest, like this was hard. Stepping into this role was an eye-opening experience of difficulty. And not to say that I don't love it, but you're not, for me, I stepped in with teenagers, right? And right. I think the first chapter of Step Monster is like, if you're dating a man with teenagers, <laughs> just turn around and walk away, give it five years when they're not, because it is not for the weak heart. No. And so I chose to fi- seek help. And I was really grateful that I found somebody who, A, deals with kids in the system. So he understood the addiction aspect of what kids, stepkids are going through mm-hmm. and like their version. And he also is a step blended family with his wife is a no children, never been married stepmom. Oh, and good. he, so yeah, so he understands and he's, just been such a blessing to say step family are so underrated, even though 50% of a mar- of marriages end in divorce. There's more step families out there than there are nuclear families. Yet every TV show depicts a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And if there is a stepmom, it's shown as a negative and the support that we don't have because you're walking into who the heck knows, right? Like I thought the guy just had kids. Like I had no idea. <laughs> There was a layer to it. I, and to be honest, like, I don't know anything about addiction, like nothing. That's just not my friends were never that. So like to see it happen, I'm like, what the heck the, you, people do that? Like I didn't, that's a thing. Like I had no idea. Yeah, so it's a horrible disease. It's horrible. And lack of support that we as stepmoms have or step parents have. And the way we're just supposed to like, you're supposed to love this person. And I think my therapist described it. He's like, if you went to a park, you don't go to a park and say, I love those two kids. I'm now going to go meet their dad. Like, you right. know, I, <laughs> like, you don't know, like, you're not going to, you don't know. And so I don't think people hate their step kids. I think they hate being a step parent. They don't hate the kid. They hate being a step parent mm-hmm. to that kid. Cause I feel like when people I have moments where I'm like, I hate these stepkids. I hate them so much. I cannot, like, I can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's like, no, because if I truly just walked away, I wouldn't even care about the person, like the kid anymore. Like I hate the responsibility that I have to them. Right. Or I hate their behavior or I hate Correct. how they manipulate their dad or I Correct. hate how their dad doesn't make them do whatever. It's not that you hate them as a person. You hate what they represent sometimes. Correct. Exactly. So. I think in our fury and our like frustration, we say like, I hate the kids it, and it ends up after you're done with the argument or are done with that anger of like whatever happened. You're like, I don't really hate the kid. I just hate what happened. I hate what's happening. I hate what it represents. I hate, mm-hmm. 
I hate that you get punched in the face with reality going, oh, these aren't my kids. Because I know there's moments where I'm like, I have this beautiful family. And then there's these punch in the face moments of like, he's not your kid, yet you're bending over backwards for this family, this household. But you know what? And, no one's- and I tell people this all the time. You have to do what you feel is right. Mm-hmm. And not for appreciation. Not for the wonderful stepmom award, but what you feel in your heart is right because that's what you've got to live with. Right. And you're doing what you feel is right. And granted, sometimes it sucks because you don't mm-hmm. get that appreciation. And bio mom does for the $3 hat. <laughs> mom of the year award. That's what we always jokingly say throughout the whole family. Oh, yes. Mom of the year came around. Everyone's like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just goes to show those biological binds are stronger than we can ever imagine. Exactly. They are. Yep. They really are. They think that's where step parents need to kind of understand is, like you said, you were doing what's best for the, the mental health of the kid, right? The child. Yes, you love your fiance or your husband or your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, but your presence is way more important to that child, meaning just showing compassion and love that way they're growing up knowing okay it's okay that mom and dad might not be together but i know that it's also okay to love this other person that mom or dad is with right like they're sh- you're showing positive relationships and when you have to put that first over like your own basic needs and wants which mine are like i just want to be in this moment of being engaged with my fiance without anyone bugging me I can't, like, I have to be a good relationship role model for stepson. Right. Yeah. Even though I want him out. <laughs> right. <laughs> give, me, give me two days of loneliness. Well, the good thing is he's old enough where y'all can leave him to go out to eat. Correct. Yes. Yes. Or you can go sit in the car <laughs> and not worry thing. about him tearing up the house. Yes. Yes. No, you Beyonce's family is all within five minutes of us. So they've also, they're a great help. And again, you know, he's got sports and things. So there's some breaks in between like being a quote unquote, stay at home trophy wife right now is what I'm calling myself. (laughs) There you go. Look at you. (laughs) Doing my best here. No, he's at school right now. So I'm like, okay, cool. I have like some time to myself. So I'm taking advantage of those moments. Hey, maybe instead of stepmom, we'll call you trophy mom. There you go. You can call me trophy mom. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up and end this interview, I do have one question for you. Mm -hmm. How did your dad get custody of you? My mom also was an addict, not as heavy as this one, but she was scared to go to court. And my mom was only 24 at the time. And my dad was 10 years older than her. Okay. So she just, opted to not go in general because I think just fear. Mm-hmm. And so it was more by default that the other parent wasn't there. So it goes to this parent. Do you have a good relationship with both your parents? No. So when I see both kids, like I can't tell you how much I understand my mom chose. Well, she now has another kid, which he's my brother. It's it, he's my brother. I don't have like a stepbrother or half He's my brother by another dad, but because she got to relive her life, meaning she got to start over again, she chose that family and chooses that version of life over trying to be a good mom to me. I don't think she knew how to handle me. 
I, I think my mom is just too passive in the way she wants to be perceived mm-hmm. that my personality, obviously I have, I don't hold anything back. I'm like loud, obnoxious, blah, 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 <laughs> like tattooed. I don't care. I was all over the place, but like, I think that was too much for my mom. Like she couldn't understand how to be a mom to that. Right. And she was young. We'll give her that. True. And she was young. Yeah. But even as of now, like it's only, so my quick background, my mom is Mexican, Filipino. My dad's Italian. So I have fair skin, blue eyes. And in the Filipino culture, light skin and eyes are usually like a sign of like wealth fair skin because you didn't work in the field. So that kind of mentality, even though that's not a thing that happened in my family, I think that mentality kind of went through. So my mom almost treated me like a doll. Like I'm look at my beautiful, perfect daughter who's fair skin with blue eyes mm-hmm. versus like building a relationship with me. Right. So yeah, she could, I don't think she could. So my mom and I know my dad and I, I mean, I love my dad to pieces, but I also know he sacrificed again, seeing it as an adult, my dad sacrificed his life for about 20 years to yeah. make sure my brother and I were okay. Did your dad remarry? He did. He just remarried about three years ago at like 68 or 69 or something. Wow. So you didn't have a stepmom. Mm-mm. I had my dad hundred percent to myself, but I also knew the struggle. So when my dad moved back to New Jersey about 12 years ago, I knew he needed space. I, yeah. I knew it. I, I, I saw it. And then when he remarried, I, I stepped back as like needing my dad. Like I was like, no, he needs to be himself. And like, I've always wanted my dad to date. That's why I didn't understand stepdaughter. Cause like, I always was like, my dad's so amazing. I wish my dad would date. Someone would date my dad. I wish my dad would go out. I wish my dad had friends. I wish my dad had more. Whereas when I saw stepdaughter, she was like, no, I don't want him doing anything. It's only for me. I want him to myself. And I was, you don't want your dad to be happy. I don't understand. Right. It didn't make sense to me, but it's just two different people. So yeah. Yeah. So do you talk to your mom at all? No. So she's not even invited to my wedding. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I know that's got to be hard for you too. It's hard. I think I made the decision. The decision can be reversed. But I, I'm tired of taking the step forward to rebuild. And I think at this point, my mom wanting to be a grandmother to her two grandkids with my half-brother is more important than having the outspoken daughter who will say what she needs to say. Yeah. So. I get it. I get yeah. it. Okay. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lauren, it's never easy to end these interviews. No, because you go on forever. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it seems awkward. It's like, oh, you've told us our your life story and we've shared ours, but okay. Thanks for being a guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally fine. <laughs> you're fine. It's great. And I'm so grateful. So thank you so much for having me on and opening up that opportunity for anyone to kind of be on the podcast because I've been an avid listener for the past two years. Well, we are so glad that you are an avid listener and that it has helped you and that you took the opportunity to be a guest because people need to hear your story. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. We're not alone. No. Well, thank you again and keep in touch. Let us know how things are going. 
Definitely. And I'll just post pictures up there for the wedding. So May 5th, you'll see a buttload of uh, official blended family pictures. Oh, yes. I can't wait. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, Lori, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. One of the things that Lauren and I talked about and I want to address is the stepson, although he's 14, will still cuddle on the couch with his dad. Oh. Isn't it sweet? Mm Mm-hmm. And she said it lasts about 10 minutes. You know, it's not like all day. But in our Facebook group, y'all, you will see stepdaughter 14's cuddling with dad on the couch. Is that not inappropriate? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Why does everything have to be inappropriate? Because they look at it as this child is 14, a teenager, and they are too old to be cuddling with an adult on the couch. Now, I can understand if it was like your daughter, I'm the stepdad, and she's cuddling with me on the couch at 14. Right. But yeah, there might be something a little weird about that. Maybe. Now, well, yeah, maybe, depending on your relationship with her and how long you've been in her life and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I've been around since she was two, then that's a little different. But, yeah, you know, it, there's no blanket way to look at these things. and But certainly if it's your bio kid, I mean, dog, if my 22-year-old jumped up on a couch and wanted to snuggle up with me for five minutes to, you know, usually ask for money. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you Ethan would. I bet you if Ethan came home and I was sitting on the couch, he would come and sit on the couch beside me and lay his head on my shoulder. He does that all the time. Yeah, I'd have no doubt that he'd do that. He would do that with me. Mm-hmm. It's just who Ethan's he is. very lovable, though. Yeah. I remember when he was here. I loved it. And y'all got to remember, this is a kid. No, he wasn't the worst one of the kids. <laughs> that You know, but this is one of the kids that didn't want me here. And the relationship that we have now, thanks to nachoing, is beautiful. I'm going to use the word beautiful. And I got cold chills when I said that. <laughs> because this child would come down stairs. This was on his break from vacation or whatever from the Air Force. And he would come downstairs every morning and hug me and tell me good morning. It was so sweet. Don't cry. I know. (laughs) I'm emotional for some reason. (laughs) Apparently COVID makes you emotional too. (laughs) But no, there is nothing wrong with a bio child cuddling on the couch with their bio parent because one day they're not going to do that. Or one day that parent could not be here. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, at least the kid knows that they're loved. There are so many kids out there that don't feel that. Even if they are, they don't feel it. Mm-hmm. And that can have a lasting negative effect in their lives. Yeah. And I still, if my dad comes over, I still cuddle with him on my couch. Yeah. I'll hug all over him. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing is we use the word cuddle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this a very different thing to sitting beside you and laying my head on your shoulders kind of cuddle versus I want to sit in your lap and, you know, be all over you kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know when somebody says inappropriate cuddling, there's really some specifics that have to be understood there, I think. Yeah. But sitting there hugging your kid, sitting beside them, you know, Jackson will lay his head on my lap and want me to scratch his back. Yeah. I love it. And there's nothing inappropriate about that. He's my baby. I don't care how old he is. Yep. And I don't care how old I am. My daddy is my daddy. <laughs> now, granted, I probably shouldn't sit on his lap because he's old and his bones are getting frail and I might break him. <laughs> so I just sit beside him and hug him. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sometimes it could, it can also speak to the insecurities that a parent or step parent has if they, if they see that as being inappropriate when it's not. Now, sometimes it certainly is inappropriate, can be inappropriate, but not all the time. Right. And two, I think it's harder for childless or child free step parents because they don't understand that connection mm. that you have with a bio child. Yeah. Good point. It's almost like it heals your soul to hug your child. Yeah. Well, I know for me, um, I beat myself up a lot thinking that, you know, I had made some, you know, wrong decisions. I guess wrong decisions being like when, you know, I agreed to allow her to have them 50 50 and, you know, maybe I should have fought to have them all the time kind of thing. And, and then there's a lot of other things where, you know, I put them on restriction and she wouldn't. And, you know, you, you always question, you know, am I doing the best thing for my kids? And especially when they're telling you, you know, that, that they don't like what you're doing and they'll just, you know, suffer the consequences until they get to their mom's house where there are none. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you have, you have to wonder, you know, are they going to want to go stay with their, their other parent or are they going to not like me because of that? And, you know, for me, I just had to get to the point where, you know, I was okay making the decisions and I understood that them liking me was not the end goal. The end goal was for me to raise them a certain way to create, you know, a certain adult that I wanted to see in them. And I'm glad I did. And I think it all worked out. And so I say all that to say at 22 years old or so, when they're showing me affection, giving me a hug or whatever, it affirms that I didn't do as bad as I thought I did. Well, not just that, but you've had two of your kids, I think, call you and tell you, thank you for raising them the way you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Branson does that fairly often. (laughs) And I I think it's because he's around a lot of people his age and he's starting to realize that, that they were giving the tool sets that most kids don't get, Mm -hmm. which is sad in and of itself because it's, you know, it's not that hard to invest into your kids. Right. All right, David. Now you sound sad. All right. <laughs> sad Lori and sad David are signing off. <laughs> I'm not sad, but it does, you know, it does bring up some of the things that uh, I didn't like about being divorced, which was not seeing my kids all the time. And I feel like there's a lot of things I never got to the point of teaching them. And uh, it, it was hard. It's very diff- difficult when you don't have but half the time with them to do that. And, and on top of that, you're competing with school responsibilities, their friends that, you know, they want to hang out with and sports and all these other things that demand their attention. It's, it's hard to find the time to uh, teach them everything you want. And on top of that, you got your own demands in life that are there too. So it's, it's hard, you know, being a parent, (laughs) it's not easy. Being a step parent is even harder. So Mm -hmm. every day you make it, we say this a lot, every day you make it, it should be a day you celebrate. That's right. We are going to celebrate today because I'm making banana nut bread. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to be Martha Stewart today. This ought to be interesting. Or would that be Betty Crocker? Who knows? Oh, yeah, Betty Crocker. I'm going to be Betty Crocker today. We'll let you be Martha Crocker. There you go. (laughs) All right, folks. Until next time. Remember that life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember... Life is good when you nacho.